Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. Do you like it? you think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to oh, freeze Wait, on. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Welcome to Points of the Paint on Stadium. I'm Ben Wittenstein, and the dancing, the dancing guy next man to me over here is Zach Badgerhouse. <laughs> Zach, house. how you doing? I'm all right, Ben. You're man. dancing. You're feeling good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling real good because we got somebody special today. We do. We do. We're excited. We're previewing the Indiana Pacers today. Uh, we've been previewing the Bulls. Yep. We had a fun time doing that. Our previews have been going well. I think. Pistons, Detroit Pistons, Amari Sankofa. Yeah, it's been good. good. It's been fun. You can find us on all the socials. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. But let's just get into the Indiana Pacers. Let's dive right into it. Let's, I'm excited. Let's bring her on. Yeah. Friend of the podcast, creator of Basketball She Wrote, a yes. blog about basketball, played by the Indiana Pacers, Caitlin Cooper. Caitlin, how you doing? We appreciate it. I'm doing well. This is my third year, I think, on the show now. It feels like I can't believe we're already back to the beginning of another NBA season. <laughs> it's it's crazy. It NBA really what? The schedule's going to come out within like the hour. Yeah. Schedule's coming out. Pretty important. Um, we can talk about the Pacers. I know you you talk about a lot about different basketball teams, but the Pacers are the team you focus on the most. Looking at them last season, going into this season, how would you kind of assess they did the regular season through the offseason and, and what to expect? I mean, I think last regular season, it was somewhat segmented for them. I think they came out of the gates and were kind of the surprise team of the year and over exceeded most team, most people's expectations. Then they made a lineup change, went small with Aaron Neesmith at the four. And that was when they won like eight of 10 games. Tyrese was really figuring things out in crunch time. And then he gets injured. They go one and nine over the 10 games when he's out. And they just never really fully recaptured that magic until the end of the season. They kind of went full into rebuild mode and they ended where I think people expected that they would have started. So I think when it was all said and done, they kind of were the team everybody thought they were going to be when the team was setting expectations ahead of time. Like, Hey, this year's not going to be about wins and losses. It's about what strides we make as individuals and the growth and internal development. So I think they ended up getting there in a roundabout way. It just ended up being a lot more of a fun season than I think people expected that it would be. Yeah, it definitely was fun. Shout out to Tyrese Hallenburton. <laughs> Betting over assists all season last season. Yeah, he was great. Just flat out loving that. Now, let's talk about the NBA draft for a second. Jarris Walker, how do you feel about his game, the four games he played throughout summer league? I think you have to take some of it with a grain of salt because the Pacers revealed okay. about a week or so after that that he had to have a loose body removed from his elbow. So he didn't shoot the ball particularly well during those four games. And I also think, you know, when you're at Summer League, sometimes you get pushed into doing things that you may not do during the regular season. So for the first two games, Benedict and Andrew both played. Andrew looked really comfortable running point guard and moseying to his spots. And then when they were no longer out there, Jarris got pressed into doing some, you know, point forward things and was having to handle the ball a lot more. And then there was opponents that were really shrinking space anytime he had the ball 
off of all the shooters other than Ben Shepard. So I think that that impacted his efficiency at times. But like when you look to next season, when he's playing off the bench for the Pacers or potentially starting, depending on what they do at the four spot, you know, the Pacers have Tyrese Halliburton, as you just mentioned. They have Andrew Nemhard potentially to run offense off the bench. They have TJ McConnell to also run offense off the bench. So, you know, I don't think Jairus is going to have to be doing as many point guard things. And maybe we can see him in some different roles where it's not stretching him so far. But just overall defensively, I think that's the main reason why they went after Jairus Walker and targeted okay. him in the draft. Because that's the end of the floor that they need to fix the most. And his off-ball defensive instincts, all that showed up at Summer League. How quick his hands are. Um, I think he's pretty advanced on that end of the floor. And they definitely needed to address the four spot. That was the biggest hole in the roster. So. There was a, it was a good offseason, I would say, for the Pacers. Uh, Obi Toppin, and they spent a lot of money, but on good players, it's important. If you had to grade it, is there a grade you're giving it right now? I mean, I think given what they were up against, I, I would go B plus or A minus. I mean, I think the most important thing that they walk around away from this offseason for, for me, is that they maintained flexibility. They didn't box themselves into anything with what they did. So they, they go into next season where they can potentially make a push for the playoffs, but they can also continue to build long-term around Tyrese Halliburton. So they signed Bruce Brown to a $22.5 million annual deal the second year as a team option. So, you know, if he comes in and really helps them, then great. If not, it kind of can act as a trade exception in year two. They effectively get Obi Toppin for pocket lint. I don't see any way that they'll extend him before <laughs> the season starts. Um, they'll Amazing. probably want to see him in the lineup and see what he does. But again, you're not locked in if it doesn't go well. He's in the final year of his rookie deal. So all of that is either, you know, it goes really great and they make a push, they get into the playing tournament, or maybe they grab one of the last playoff spots or they can, you know, reset the table next summer. So I think overall they did pretty well. They got the guy they wanted in the draft and they – address the needs that they had on the roster for the most part nothing splashy but they set themselves up where they can can potentially push to do something splashy in a year from now so obi Toppin, i'll talk about him for a second do you believe he's going to be one of those players that can end up in an all-star conversation maybe not next year but if he cracks this rotation becomes a starter do you see where he can actually blossom in indiana pacers uniform for years to come I think that the move is going to be very beneficial for Obi Toppin in the sense that if you look at his stats from New York last year, he rolled less than ever. He attempted more of his shots as threes than ever, and he had fewer paint touches than ever. You know, he's always played with a center who needs to hang around the basket, whether that's Mitchell Robinson, whether it's Nerlens Noel, sometimes it was even Taj Gibson, where he doesn't get to move to the basket as much. He comes over with the Pacers. It's going to be the first time where, you know, somebody like Miles Turner who can play out on the perimeter and give him some flexibility to use some screens. He's produced in the games where he was a starter for the Knicks. I think he averaged like 21 points per game. Now some of that came against at the end of the season. You know, he had some career games against the Pacers at the end of the year when they had shifted to rebuilding. But there's also a Tyrese Halliburton effect. Like if you look at Miles Turner's two-point percentage when he plays with Miles, it's 66.5%. Or when he plays with Halliburton, it's 66.5%. When he doesn't play with Halliburton, it's 58%. So, you know, Tyrese has the ability to get guys paid. They're going to come and they're going to they're gonna get passes from him out of the pick and roll and they're going to look better than maybe they did in previous environments. So also just the pace. I think that's the most important factor. The Pacers are trying to build out the roster so they can continue to play at their high transition frequency. They're high, very time to shoot where they rank like second in the league after a made shot. And that definitely fits Obi Toppin being electric in the open floor. So I think that everything for Obi Toppin coming to the Pacers suits very well. I do have some questions about what impact that's going to have for Miles Turner and what impact that's going to mm. have long-term for Jarrett. Walker 
because if Obi Toppin does pop, which I mean, you're hoping he's going to, even though you didn't pay a very, you know, exorbitant price to get him here of two second round right. picks. But if he does, does that kind of lock in what Jarris Walker can, you know, ascend to doing similar to what you saw with Obi Toppin in New York, where Julius Randle was always ahead of him and kind of blocking his ability to get on the floor. Like Jarris is still going to play. It's just, will Jarris be a starter if Obi Toppin really does well? And then also just from Miles's perspective, Miles had a career year last year because he was a five being defended by fives. Um, if Obi comes over and doesn't shoot the three quite as well as he did last year, I think that there's going to be an incentive for opponents to cross match that. Miles will see more fours. Miles shoots the ball a lot better when he's defended by centers than he does by fours. He tends to get marginalized. So I think that there is a potential where Obi comes over and plays, has a career year, and maybe it has, I don't want to say negative, but there will be some an impact on maybe a couple other players on the roster. So we do have a listener question that we wanted to get to. It's from Jake in Indy. And he asked, do you see any similarities with how Aaron Gordon is able to play off Nikola Jokic with how Bruce Brown's off-ball movement could complement Tyrese Halliburton? Before you answer this question, I just want to just say real quick how detailed that question is. <laughs> now feel free. It's very basketball-oriented, which I think you're the perfect person to answer that question. I mean, it's interesting when you look at Bruce Brown because when he was in Brooklyn – he was playing a lot more, as, as everybody knows, like a screen and roll short roller off of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and didn't do a lot as a ball handler. Then he goes over mm-hmm. to Denver and he did some more stuff on ball and was used very actively as a cutter like this person um, asking the question is asking. But some of that's like playing Jokic ball. You know, and the Pacers don't really have somebody that is a big who is a playmaker. And sometimes I think the difference between having Tyrese, who's obviously one of the best pick and roll playmakers in the NBA, and playing off of you know, a Jokic or a Sabonis is when that guy's spread out to the floor. Like if, if Jokic is wheeling up top as the five, that means the five is guarding him out there. So when you make a cut, there's not a rim protector waiting for you at the rim. Last year, when Miles and Tyrese both played, they played at a 44 pace win rate when they were available, but I think they still had a slightly negative net rating as a team in those games, not just when those two are on the floor. So I think the team that ranked 20th in defense last year gave up 114 points per 100 in the Pacers you know, were like bottom five last year. They were bottom five in Rick Carlisle's first year as well. So, you know, they added Jairus Walker. Hopefully Miles Turner plays more games. I mean, some of the reason why he didn't play games last year was because they had, you know, intentionally veered to playing younger players. But Bruce Brown, obviously another guy that they can put out there at the point of attack. Andrew Nemhard's a solid defender. If they can have all of those guys making contributions and they can get up, like I said, into the top 20 range, I think it's realistic to see them as like, you know, Potentially, I think their ceiling's probably around number six and maybe be in the play-in tournament, maybe be feisty in the play-in tournament. I think that their goal this year is to make the playoffs. You know, whether they can do that, we'll see. But I do think that they will be, and this is a very cliche thing to say, but I think that they will be a very hard team to play during the regular season because you have to be in condition to be ready to play them. They're going to load up so much in transition, like what we're seeing right now with Team USA. Tyrese constantly looking for hit-ahead passes. That's a very tiring thing for teams to do. Giannis even mentioned that last year after a game when they played the Pacers of like, you really have to be ready to play this team to be able to get up and down the court. So that tends to lead to some regular season wins. I like it. I like okay. it. I like it. Don't go anywhere. We're talking with Caitlin Cooper, the person that's going to tell us all about the all-time lineup. Top five. The random player. And the hot take. So you do not want to go anywhere. Any Pacers talk with Caitlin Cooper. We'll be right back. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. 
<sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome back to Points in the Paint on Stadium. We're talking to Caitlin Cooper all about the Indiana Pacers. Caitlin, it's time to get into the nitty-gritty. We got yes, all-time lineup. We're naming a random player. We're getting your hot takes. So let's start with your all-time Indiana Pacers starting lineup. There's a lot of good players to pick from, but we got to whittle it down to only five. Let's start with the point guard position. Who do you have as an all-time starting five point guard? Hopefully people don't think I'm being prisoner of the moment, but I truly do believe the best point guard, at least in my lifetime that I have watched play for the Indiana Pacers, is Tyrese Halliburton. Now, before you continue, no Jamal Tinsley love? (laughs) I just had to throw that name out there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's not like he's up against, you know, a wrecking crew of options here. Like, no offense to Derek Collison and George Hill. Yeah. Yeah. No offense to those guys, but I think I think Tyrese Halliburton hasn't beat. But in all honesty, after I watched him play four games, I was pretty confident that he was the best point guard who's played for the Pacers. So that's crazy. <laughs> it took four and, games. Uh, he's so good. I I'm a Bulls fan and I love Tyrese. No, I, I, like it's hard you know, not I to. Like it's you. hard not to love him. Okay, it goes unsaid for this next player, but yeah, who's two. gonna be at the two for the Indiana Pacers? Who's shooting the rock? I mean, it's hard to come up with one, isn't it? I mean, let's just go with Reggie Miller if we have to. I mean, if we have to. Yeah, Reggie, it makes them all the sense in the world. It's it don't even need to explain it. Honestly, it, no, it goes unsaid. We'll go. We'll we'll go. Let's go straight to number three then. Reggie, Reggie's <laughs> Reggie. All right, who's who's the wing? Who's starting three for this lineup? Oh, this is gonna be Paul George. Hopefully, people don't mm. get angry at my inclusion of Paul George, but it has to be Paul George. I still have okay. a lot of good memories of him, and also I just think defensively. Like, imagine putting him out there and, and Tyrese can, you know, Paul can defend at the point of attack. As you guys will remember, Paul's first playoff series against the Chicago Bulls. Big adjustment, putting Paul George on Derrick Rose at the point yeah, of attack. Then it. Tyrese isn't going to have to do it. There yeah, you go. I like that. I like how you're thinking, like, <laughs> how the strategy right there. Too. Yeah, it's got to see how this team fits together. All right, number four. I love this one, by yeah, the this, way. Love yeah, this one. No, I'm putting Danny Granger here. Danny Granger was a stretch four ahead of his time. Like, if Danny Ahead Granger played today and got to play at the four spot, I think that we would think even more favorably of him. Obviously, his 2019 season, he was an all-star. I'm going to have him out there as the stretch four that he didn't get to fully be. We never really got to see Paul George and Danny play healthy at full strength at the same time either. Yep. So, another defender, another guy who can do something in the post, hit a pull-up too. Danny's a lot better than people give him credit for. His most improved season? I was loving that season. Loving yeah. that season. He was, he like, was not, not locking down LeBron, too, sometimes. People are like, oh, he's a great okay, defender. relax. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number five, Kalen, who's the center? I'm moving Jermaine O'Neal to center. That's that's He's going to be the guy blocking shots with both hands and taking charges. I don't think people always think about the fact of how dominant he was defensively. Oh, he I think so most good. of the time we think about his lightning quick post moves. But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have this lineup. Paul, Tyrese is going to be running point. Reggie's going to be a back screener in Spain action. Jermaine's going to be the role man. And then I'm going to have Paul coming off an exit screen in the weak side or the strong side corner from Danny. There's not going to be any taggers. The lineup's going to kill it. This is it. Love it. <laughs> no, that might be the best lineup. Well, I know Chica- Chicago's lineup Chicago's is almost unfair because they got Mike, 
and Scotty. Rose. <laughs> Andy Rose. Dennis. But this lineup can't compete for sure. This is like a modern day line. Like the Bulls yes. is very 90s oriented. This is like you got shooting, you got a lot of movement, spacing, yeah. pace. Love it. I think that this is the best lineup that you can probably craft to compliment Tyrese Halliburton, if I'm being honest. Everybody out there. It's like Look at all them shooters. Options. Yeah. I love it. Length right. on defense we, everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll go we'll go to naming a random player. We love naming random dudes. We One do. of our favorite pastimes. Immaculate grid. Immaculate grid. We're big Immaculate Grid fans. So uh na- name a name a dude from the Indiana Pacers. I'm naming Ram. Kevin Seraphin. His final okay. season, twenty seven. I know, who he, is. Is. I know who he is at least. Because Kevin Serafin is going to be, you know, six degrees of me getting to name a bunch of other random guys. Because in his final season with the Pacers, which was also his final season in the NBA in twenty sixteen seventeen, the Pacers. Wow. I looked this up ahead of time. Played five hundred and forty minutes with at least two of Kevin Serafin, Lavoy Allen, or Al Jefferson on the floor. Nate McMillan, for whatever reason, played front court pairings with these guys all the time, and they got killed in those minutes. They got outscored by 11 <laughs> points per 100 possessions. It made no sense. And all the while, George Yang was a rookie, and he only played 90 minutes the whole year. And then when the season was over, there was only one hard. roster spot left, and they gave the roster spot to Joe Young, who was an undersized shooting guard, instead of retaining mm. George Niang. Now, which one of these players is still in the NBA right now? I <laughs> George Niang is for sure a familiar name That's for me. <laughs> That's correct. And we would never get to see George Niang at four with one of, you know, Lavoie or Al Jefferson at the five. For whatever reason, it just never happened. So now I've named like six random guys for you. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> but we rolling with Kevin for some. That's always the dream. You know, you name one guy and then it just snowballs and just, just naming other random guys. It's other guys. It's the best. Hot take time? Hot take time. Ooh-wee. You know what that means, I'm under, I'm under pressure, too, because my last two hot takes have been correct. The first time That's I was true. on here. It's, you got to go 3-0. and Yeah, the first time I was on here, I said that at least half the starting lineup would be traded by the deadline, and they were. They the only were. person from that starting lineup who's same on the team is Miles Turner. Miles then Turner. last year I said that Tyrese Halliburton would firmly be in the All-Star conversation, if not an All-Star, and he was. Definitely become so, an All-Star. So Listen this one folks. is a little bit this one is a little bit more tepid, but I'm going to say that the starting lineup that they start opening night with is not mm-hmm. the starting lineup that they finish the season with. I Go gotta ahead. ask you this one question. Do you believe Buddy Hill will be on this roster by February? By February. That's a tough one. I'm only asking that based off your your bold take. I don't think that Buddy Heald will be a starter when the season starts. Mm, okay, um, I think okay. that right now, Benedict Matherin was, during the NBA Finals, he did an interview with Stephen A. Smith, and he indicated that he's been told that he's going to start. He started the last 10 games of the year, and Buddy was coming off the bench. Um, and then if you're paying Bruce Brown $22.5 million, my assumption is, is that start. you're not paying him to come off the bench. <laughs> and then it will be a choice between Obi Toppin and Jarris Walker. But based on mm. how they used Ben last year, my guess is that that will start out being Obi Toppin. Obi. But there's going to be a big difference in spacing going from Ben, Obi, and Bruce Brown compared to last year when they were starting Nemhard, Buddy, and Neesmith. So if right. the defense doesn't really click, I could see a scenario where maybe they're getting out and transition a lot, but in the half court, they might take a slight step back. So I could see, you know, maybe eventually Jarris, you know, overtakes Obi in that spot, or maybe they have to go back to Buddy because the chemistry between Tyrese and Buddy is, is so good. Like they were leading the NBA midway through the season in assist, um, as an assist pairing. 
the minutes when bet when buddy is just out on the floor they outscored opponents when tyrese was just out on the or when they played together they outscored opponents but when they're out there separately they did not so um to ask answer your question about buddy though like that's a good question like he's entering a contract year and the pacers were fairly non-committal about it when they were asked um in, t- in terms of coming to a commitment with him about an extension they said that they would have to find a role that that he is happy with and that they are happy with so yeah. you know when buddy was in sacramento he wasn't thrilled with coming off the bench i don't know that that would be the case with the pacers he seems very happy in the system and he's close with tyrese but we'll have to wait and see i mean i think right now it's probably at about 50 50 if i had to take a take a guess this team's making moves they are according yeah, they to you moves. they do make moves now i gotta ask <laughs> one more question Ben. Just okay. one more just one more because these indiana pacers they be in the mix are they a rebuilding team? Are they a retooling team? What is this team? Well, according to all the players on the roster, including Tyrese, they're attempting to make the playoffs this year. So if you're attempting to make the playoffs, I don't think you're in rebuild mode anymore. Um, so we we have expectations that we can hold them to. That's what mm-hmm. I'll say. I don't think it's all guaranteed right, that the they'll make high. the playoffs next year, but we have expectations. All right, Love sweet. it. Caitlin Cooper, we appreciate you joining. Yes, we do. Creator, writer, basketball, she wrote. Tell the people where they can find your work. Right. So my Twitter handle is at C2 underscore Cooper. If you go there, you'll find the link to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash basketball, she wrote. Whereas the tagline says, I write about the basketball played by the Indiana Pacers. So um, if you want to come join me there, I'd love to have you. And there is a lot of stuff that's free and unlocked as well. So come check it out. Go subscribe, people. You learn a lot of basketball. I learn a lot of basketball. Everyone learns. Videos, clips, examples, all that. It's like a research paper. It is. <laughs> Caitlin, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Coming up next, we're you talking James Harden. Scoot Henderson. But, no, bad news is James Harden. The good news is Scoot Henderson. So, there you go. Up Don't next. go anywhere. We'll be back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to Points in the Paint. Big thank you to Caitlin Cooper. Big, big thank you to Caitlin Cooper. Basketball Shiro. Go check it out. I can't recommend it enough. Yes, sir. It's amazing. Yeah. So we're going to end the show. Talking a little rookie Look here. You know, we might as well. And, and we didn't necessarily want this to happen, but Scoot Henderson uh, talked about it. He's making some guarantees out what, here, What man. did he say? He said, I will yeah. win rookie of the year. Yeah, Ain't no did. ifs, ands, or buts about it. Nope. He say, he, he say shit, nope. He says, like win by Yana, nope. Nope. I don't think – I think, honestly, Chet has a bigger reason to think he can win over Victor Wembanyama. That's fair. I don't think Wemby's going to have a shot. I don't think he's going to play 82 games. That's so funny that you say that. I think they're going to do a little bit of a resting regiment with him. They're going to harp on him. They're going to save him for like the future, yeah, try to they build will. around this him. This isn't the year where they need him to go fully 100%. He gets developed in the league. He kind of figures out the speed. You don't need 82 games from Scoot Wemby. gets all the shots in Portland. Yeah, he, he doesn't have as, before as unique of a body That's true as Wemby does. I well, think Scoot can play 82 if he, if he wants. I mean, he's got more of a normal body. 
true. Wear and tear probably wasn't as bad as it is on a guy who's, you know, wingspan's eight feet. Well, have you seen the Wimby pictures, though? It looks like he's getting a little stronger. A little bulky? Yeah, little a little bulky, bulky just a tad yeah. bit. You know, you're a little linky kid. Yeah. I think, Scoot, Henderson. I think Scoot's a good bet. Okay, it's a solid. I'm going with Shet, though. So, Scoot, you're going to have to just see if I lose my money or not. Fans going to see if y'all lose my money. That's going to do fair. it. For this edition of Points in the Paint, the TV show, I'm Zach Batcherhouse. That's my main man, Ben Winstein. You know, Dougie Fresh on the ones and twos. Thank you, Doug. We appreciate you all for all watching. Socials. Caitlin Cooper, remember, go check out her work because she is phenomenal. And you can see those lovely social handles on your screen. Follow us respectively. Follow at Zach Batcherhouse, at Ben Winstein, and you will hear from us next week.